What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So let's just jump right into it. There's a lot to discuss. A lot of players who are kind of on the shelf right now, players who are in some transactions. Let's just get into it. So I saw that the Phillies, Gene Segura, is going to undergo finger surgery. He's going to miss 10 to 12 weeks. He's a Phillies second baseman, and he fractured his finger during... Tuesday night's loss to the Giants. And Joe Girardi announced that to reporters. 10 to 12 weeks, that's a lot. You know, that's three months. And, you know, he, he's going to miss much of the season. I mean, he's going to be back towards the end of the year. But it's uh, it's a huge blow. It's a huge blow for the Phillies, who are off to a disappointing 21 and 29 start. Philadelphia had another big offseason. They had an attempt to snap a decade-long playoff drought, but they're already facing an uphill battle in the standings with the Mets in their division. Now they're going to have to play without a key regular for most of the year. Because Segura has started 43 of the Phillies' 50 games this season. He's a contact-hitting second baseman. He's having a solid year. He's hitting 275 on the year. And he's got a 731 OPS. Six homers, eight steals, but now out for you know, two and a half to three months. That's a huge blow. So with him out, second base is likely going to fall to a combination of rookie Bryson Stott and utility man Johan Camargo for the time being. And Bryson Stott is one of the top young players in the Philly system, but he's struggled so far in his first 78 MLB player appearances. He has hit very well in the minors. And the Phillies definitely anticipate better results at the big league level, but he only has 19 games of AAA experience under his belt. Whereas someone like Johan Camargo has a much larger body of work in the majors, and he's versatile defensively, and he's got some pretty decent contact skills from both sides of the plate. So we, we'll probably see a mix of those two, unless somebody grabs that job and runs away with it. Of course, you could also see the Phillies make a trade. You know, it... It's rare to see trades like of consequence, like pretty notable trades this early in June, but Dave Dombrowski is now the Phillies president of baseball operations. He's known to make moves, rash moves to win right now. And his staff could definitely look externally for a more proven solution. So don't be surprised if the Phillies swing a trade here. The Nationals GM, Mike Rizzo, made a comment saying, we are not trading Juan Soto. Might be obvious to many of you, but, you know, the Nats are 18-33. and 33. They have the second-worst record in the National League, and with a lot of injuries on their team and the game's worst starting rotation and a middle-of-the-pack offense, there's really little hope of a turnaround this season. And the fact that they're last in the standings and the fact they had a huge fire sale at the deadline last year, a lot of people have speculated about a Juan Soto trade because Soto rejected a 13-year extension offer in the offseason, and he's only controlled for two years beyond this season. So if he were to be traded, they could obviously get a haul for him. But, you know, even though, though Soto doesn't have a lack, sorry, he doesn't have an extension, there's a lack of an extension for him, and his club control is dwindling, they're, they're not going to trade this guy. I mean, they've made it clear to him and his agent that they're not going to trade him and they have every intention of building a team around him. And I, I said this in the offseason. I think this is a bridge year for the Washington Nationals. They're not good right now, but they're close. The Nationals are a team that is known to spend money when they want to. 
They, they're not afraid to, to go out there and sign a big free agent. And Juan Soto is their guy. They can definitely build around him. Don't be surprised if the Nationals decide they want to contend and go out there and get some big names this winter. I haven't taken a look yet as to who's going to be available because I think there are going to be a bunch of players who have opt-out clauses who haven't decided yet. But don't be surprised if the Nats become a lot better when they're like, hey, we don't want to waste Juan Soto's time here. Because that's the reality. When you have someone who's considered the best, some people think he's the best, or one of the best hitters in the game, you can't, and at his age, you can't just waste that. You can't really just waste that. I mean, this is, the Nats have seen this before. They had Bryce Harper at the 2018 deadline, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to trade him. They didn't trade him. Harper stayed put. And, you know, we, we know what happened. He ended up leaving as a free agent. But, you know, it has come out since then that the Astros actually nearly pulled off a blockbuster trade of Bryce Harper before the Nats stepped in to, the Nats ownership actually stepped in to cancel the deal. So it looks like the GM was about to do it, but then the owners were like, no, we're not doing that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting. Who knows who's really calling the shots for the Washington front office. But circumstances can change. And Soto is still 23 years old. Hasn't hit his 24th birthday yet. And we know he's done already. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the Nats are definitely shaping up to be sellers for a second straight deadline season. I mean, you even if they're not going to trade Soto, you can expect them to shop around guys like Nelly Cruz, Josh Bell, and Steve Ciszek off to contenders who could use their services. Staying in the NLEC yet again, we talked some Phillies, we talked some Nats, now let's talk some Mets. The Mets have optioned Dominic Smith to AAA Syracuse. So he got demoted. You know, it's the latest step in a pronounced downturn for Smith because he was one of the better hitters in the National League from 2019 to 2020 when he hit 299 with you know, monster numbers, you know, on base percentage and slugging across that time span. And he's a former number 11 overall pick, but he's just taken a turn for the worst. I mean, at that time, the National League didn't even have a DH, and that complicated things from a vantage point, from a playing time vantage point, because they had Pete Alonzo at first base. So Dom Smith got a look in left field because the Mets want to keep both their bats in the lineup. But looking at the defensive numbers, Smith has been really, really bad out there in the outfield. So his bat is all you can count on. Had his bat remained as productive as it was in 2019 and 2020, perhaps the Mets might have lived with that poor glove and given him a full slate of innings in left field last year. But his downturn at the plate began in 2021, and it just continued into this year. I mean, he told reporters he played through a small tear in his labrum last year. He said that this spring. But he, he hasn't been able to rebound this season, so now he's off to AAA. So the Mets... Are playing well though, and they just don't really have time to to wait around for Dom Smith to turn it around. They will continue with the guys who are playing right now. Uh, this move could mean some additional playing time for rookie Nick Plummer, where you know he just turned some heads with a four for eight, two home run showing in the Mets pair of games over the weekend. So you know he can get some more playing time, but that's what's going on in New York. And. The Brewers have placed Brandon Woodruff on the IL with a high ankle sprain. So Brandon Woodruff, 15-day IL, high ankle sprain. Um, you know, this is this is an injury that 
that usually keeps guys out for a while. You know, you can usually see like a month or so where, where people are, are going to be out recovering from this. And, you know, Woodruff has been one of the best pitchers in the National League since becoming a full-time starter in 2019. But he's gotten off to a pretty, a relatively weak start in 2022. But, you know, his absence is going to present an immediate difficulty for the first-place Brewers because their rotations anchored by him, Peralta, and obviously 2021 NL Cy Young winner Corbin Burns. And then, you know, some guys at the back, Eric Lauer and Adrian Hauser. So, you know, when, when you're missing Brandon Woodruff, you're going to have to call some guys up to to pick up the slack, and that's what they've done. But Brewers are in first place, and, you know, everyone everyone's being tested. You, you don't want to single out any team, but, like, oh, it's going to be really tough for them. Everyone's dealing with injuries. You know, for the most part, every team has their ups and downs and the adversity to come f- to, to fight through during the season, and this is where you find out the teams that are actually prepared. I mean, anyone can just throw their their opening day lineup out there and, and be like, yeah, you know, this is a good team. But what what happens when when you're missing four or five guys from your lineup? What kind of depth do you have? Can you still win games when half your starters are out? Those are the kind of teams that are built for October. Those are the kind of teams that are built for the World Series. So this is not unique to any particular team, but we just report on it because it's happening and it is what it is. So those are our updates for now. Probably get back into some game recaps on tomorrow's show, but that's going to do for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.